0: are so grateful for our teachers that, uh, have, that are with the, the students all day long. Um, we have just, as a church, finished a series called Soaping where we teach our kids how to jump into scripture and how to read the word and not just read the word but understand how it applies to our life. Um, my dad, he's the founding pastor of this church and he every morning he would wake up and he would read scripture to us while we're eating breakfast and he had this trick that because he knew that we weren't listening so he would read the scripture and then he would say at the end of my reading i'm going to ask what you remembered and what stuck out to you and so my sister and i we we always remembered that we we're going to listen for the first couple of scriptures take a little thing and then enjoy our food so that we would have something to say at the very end but i grew up uh, in a pastor's home and uh, focused on the word of god and this morning i just want to uh, share some of the practical ways that the word of god has uh, been an anchor in our life and has helped, uh, has helped us. You guys, are, um, you guys are amazing because you guys are in the, the thick of child raising. I remember when my kids were at preschool age, my oldest was preschool, and um, all of my kids were younger than that. That was the hardest season. That was probably the hardest season of, of parenting, but it was the most enjoyable. How many of you say that it's a little bit difficult when you have to do everything for your kids? brush their teeth, bathe them, feed them. Anybody? You guys are in church. Stop lying. (laughs) It's not the easiest time, right? It's just like a lot of times you just feel like your head is like you're just keeping your head above water. Um, But when I look back on it, they're they're not going to get any cuter than this. So enjoy it. The time goes by really fast, and you want to enjoy the time, even though it's very difficult and it's very labor-intensive. It is the most joyous, and they're they're so cute at this age. So just uh, enjoy it because it goes by really fast. And I just want to say hats off to you, um, you know, raising kids during the time of COVID and during the Haina fires and all of these things that have happened in our community. It's not the easiest thing to do. The uncertainty in our economy and all of the different things that are facing families. Um, I really I want to uh, applaud you for being the parents that you guys are and for investing into the kids, even when it's not easy. So uh, why don't you give yourselves a hand? And You know, one of the things um, that really helped set a, a foundation in our family was the Word of God. And this, I'm, ju- I'm not going to talk for a long time. It's 25 minutes. Uh, but I want to put some tools in your hands as parents to to help Uh, In the process, how many could use some tools in raising your kids during this time? It's not the easiest time, and the Word of God really um, was central in our our family and helped a lot. Not just as a kid growing up, but then as raising uh, four kids myself. So there's two different things in Scripture that it talks about. Uh, The word being. One, uh, there's a whole bunch of things, but I'm just going to focus on two that I felt were the most helpful when I was raising uh, young children. Number one, the the word is our sword. Now, I know when you hear that uh, imagery, the word being a sword, it doesn't really um, provoke thoughts of, like, mercy and grace and, you know, love and all that stuff in in your heart. But I'm going to explain it, and you're going to appreciate it. The word is our sword. uh, And then the word is also a compass. So everyone say sword. Everyone say compass. Okay, so how did, the, how did the Bible benefit our family as a sword? Let's, let's read this scripture together at the count of three. One, two, three. Wherefore, take unto you the whole... Is that too small? If you can read that, I'm 50 years old. And I know I understand what it's like to have a diminishing eyesight. But if you can read it, Read it together with me. One, two, three. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked." and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Now, the, the Word of God is a weapon. We live in a day that there is evil. How many understand and recognize that there is evil, that we live with evil in our world? And we can't battle evil with, with natural things. It has to be spiritual, and, and the Word is our sword. Um, you guys will appreciate this. Um, when my oldest daughter when she was about six years old how many of you have kids that sometimes have nightmares and when they have nightmares they come into your room and they wake you up how many of you enjoy that there was a season where my oldest daughter would come in and she'd wake us up every night at one o'clock two o'clock in the morning and this is this is after having four kids i didn't have four kids my wife had four kids i helped I just held her hand while she had the four kids. But but sleep is a very limited commodity when you're raising kids that age. And my daughter would wake us up every night at one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning. And because of her bad dreams. And I remember like saying, It's okay. And you know, she'd have to sleep in our bed and night after night after night. And then finally I said, You know what? I you have to memorize the Bible. You have to memorize the word because the word is your sword. And so it's not in your notes, but these are two scriptures I made my daughter uh, memorize. 2 Timothy 1.7. And 2 Timothy 1.7, it says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And I would tell her, okay, repeat after me. God has not given me a spirit of fear. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind but a power, love, and a sound mind. Okay, say it again. God hasn't given me a spirit of fear. God hasn't given me a spirit, but a power, love, and a sound mind. A power, love, and a sound mind. Okay, go back to your room. And when you get scared, say that verse. <laughs> and she actually, and the second verse is from uh, 1 John 4.4. 4. 1 John 4.4 4 says, Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And I made her memorize it. And I had her recite it. And I remember the first night she came back and she's like, There's a, I had a nightmare. They're after me. And she's like, I said, What's the verse I told you at like one o'clock at night? What's the verse? God hasn't given me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Okay, say it again. God hasn't given me a spirit. Okay, now go back to your room and say it. <laughs> and she went back to her room and she said, And the next night, she never came to our room. And I said, did he have a nightmare? And she's like, no, the nightmares are going away. And from the time that she was young, whenever there was a fear of evil, she learned how to memorize and to quote the scripture. And that fear slowly dissipated. For, and now, you know, she's in college, and I want her to be more afraid. She, I, you know, I have Life360, and I stalk my kids. And, and I saw her walking home, at one o'clock in the morning, her time. And I'm like, what are you doing? And, and I said, do you, do you carry mace? And she's like, no, I left it at home. And I said, that's not a good, it's not gonna do any good at your house. Make sure you carry your mace. But she's not afraid because of the scripture, but maybe she should be. Um, there's all different things that we go through that are hard to, hard to reel in. Some of it can be depression, some of it can be anger, Some of it can be fear. And in every single area, there's scriptures of what God can do in our lives and what he can do through our lives. And when we memorize the word and we confess the word, there's a power in that. Amen? Um, I just want to encourage you that if that hasn't been a part of your experience, it's it's available for everyone. It's available for anyone. And now we have Google and AI, ChatGPT. All of our students know how to use that unfortunately, or maybe fortunately. But you can go and just type in scriptures on anxiety, scriptures on depression, scriptures on fear, and all these scriptures will come out. And then you can claim these scriptures in your life and use them to live. The word is our sword. Everyone say the word is our sword. And it's good to use it not just for ourselves, but to to put the sword in the hands of our kids to let them use it as well. Um, the second thing, the word is our compass. Everyone say compass. I'm just saying this to keep you guys up. (laughs) It's one of the teaching techniques. I used to be a teacher at Maui High, Um, The word is our compass. I, I, I recently dropped my son off to college, and I was driving around in Oregon, and there was a, you know, this place that said National Park, Oregon National Park, so I was like, oh, okay, I'm just gonna take some free time and drive around in this national park. I'm gonna find a picnic table, sit down in the picnic table, and just kind of cruise for a little while, because my frame of reference was that, that there's a, a park that's kind of like Haleakala National Park. How many of you know that it's not like that over there? Yeah, you, you, so I start driving, right? dirt roads. I'm driving into this national park, and I'm looking for a picnic table. That's what I was looking for, just a picnic table to cruise on. Two hours in, no picnic table. I'm like, where are the, what kind of national park is this with no picnic tables? I'm driving in, and I, I, my, the internet goes out. GPS goes out. There's like, I'm just in the middle of this forest. I have no idea where I am, and I'm thinking, maybe I can drive straight through it. And then I thought, wait a second, this is not good because I'm in this, I haven't seen one car on this road, this dirt road. I've been driving for two hours into this national park and I haven't seen a soul. And then I thought, what if like, one of these huge trees falls over the road and I can't get back out? I have no food. I have no water. I have no idea where I am. I have no cell phone service. I'm going to die in this forest was the thought that came to mind. And so I turned around and I thought, man, John, you have no idea what you're doing. You have no idea where you are. You're some. They're going to find you behind some fallen tree, and they're going to see your Hawaii ID and be like, this stupid Hawaii boy has no idea what he's doing, went into the forest with no food, no water, no GPS or whatever. And I started getting scared. You know, it's like the the tourists that come to Hawaii and we're like, oh, they swim in the water and they think it's like a pool, right? Anyway. <laughs> but I was that tourist. I was that tourist out in, in, uh, in Colorado. And I was so, like, I felt so secure when I got back into a place where there was cell phone service and GPS came out on my dashboard and I knew where I was. And I knew where I, where I could drive to get out of there because my gas was, like, going down. I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to, like, get stranded out here. But in our lives, especially in the, 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 the situations that we're living in now with economic uncertainty, with Lahaina that happened, with COVID, with all of these different things, global tensions and potential wars, how many of you know that we are in unprecedented waters, uncharted waters? And in situations like that, it's nice to have a compass. It's nice to have a map. And that map for, for us, that map for me is, is the word of God. My dad had no idea how to parent, had no idea how to be a husband. And he told this to me when I was a kid. He said, you're so lucky that you have me as a dad. <laughs> and, and he said, my dad, he didn't know Jesus. My dad didn't go to church. He never told me that he loved me. He never spent time with me. He was always at work. And I had to learn how to be a father. And the way that I learned how to be a father was I went to the Bible. And I saw what God had to say about me. And that's why I tell you guys I love you. That's that's why I forgive you. That's why I apologize when I do something wrong to you. And so I grew up in this house that my dad would apologize when he did things wrong, which was rare. And that he, he, would, he would forgive us every night. He would tell us that he loved us. He would read scripture to us in the morning. And because of his relationship with God and the compass that he had, which is the same compass that we all have available, I was able to take that to the next generation. And so the word of God is a compass, not just how we parent our kids, but how we forgive and love and relate with our spouses um, There's a scripture that, uh, it's in 1 Timothy 5, 1 and 2, and it says, treat the women in your church or the women around you like mothers and like sisters. And um, I remember getting married to Joss, my wife, and uh, we got in this fight and I was super upset and I forgot what I said. I, I said something mean. Do you guys want to hear what I said? I don't remember, but I remember it was mean. And I jumped in a car, and I was driving away, and I felt God speak to me really clearly. And he said, don't ever talk to my daughter that way again. It was the first time I got, like, scolded by the voice of God. And I never saw my wife as the daughter of God. I always saw her as my wife, and I saw myself as the son of God. But after that experience, I started respecting my wife as as a daughter of God, that I have to treat her like she's his daughter. And just different things like that throughout our marriage has helped uh, in our relationship. And it's available to all of us. The word of God is a compass. Um, One of the things that I think a lot of us question right now is, why are, are all these things happening in the world? You know, we're seeing corruption, we're seeing death, we're seeing destruction, we're seeing um, fraud. We don't know who to trust, and we don't know uh, what is true. And the Bible is our compass, and it explains the condition of man. Romans 3.23, it says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There's not one of us, there's not one of us that have it all together. Every single one of us has sinned. How many of you think you're perfect? You can't raise your hand because your spouse is sitting right next to you. I thought I was perfect until I had a spouse. And what's the result of sin? It says that the, the next scripture in your notes, it says, for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The amazing thing about this Bible is it can make sense to some people and be completely like nonsense to someone else. And it's because this Bible is living and it's active and it takes a relationship with Jesus Christ to understand it. And the closer that you are with Jesus, the more this thing makes sense. And so the Bible, it says that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord in Romans 6.23. A lot of people can feel like, I don't want to come to church because if I come to church, the walls are going to fall in and the whole thing is going to get struck by lightning and it's going to burn down. How many of you have ever felt like that? You don't need to raise your hand. I've heard so many people say that. Because we all know deep inside that we have sinned, that we have fallen short. But in Romans 5.8, it says, but God. Everyone say, but God. It doesn't matter what we've done. It matters what God did. It says, but God, he commendeth or he gave his love toward us in that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. He loved us so much that he gave his life. As parents, you know the love that you have for your kids. There's nothing that you wouldn't do for your kids. You would even lay your own life down for your kids. And that's the love that God has for you. Except it's greater than that because he didn't just give his life. He gave the life of of his son, Jesus, his one and only son. But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. And then Romans 10.9, how do we have a relationship with Christ? Romans 10.9, it says this, that if you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, that you will be saved If we confess with our mouth, believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord, that we will be saved. This morning, um, before the kids come back up, where's my jacket? Every week, um, we take communion together and I know some of you are Catholic and might come from different faith experiences, but um, we believe that it's not, the act of taking communion is not just on our part, that we don't just act on it by remembering what Christ did, but there's a supernatural power in the elements that when we take it, it acts on us, that there's a preserving power of the sacrament of communion. And because of that, We do it every week and you you might be from different faith backgrounds but um, we just want to make it open to you if you want to partake of communion this morning um, you don't have to go through catechism you don't have to to memorize scripture you don't have to be like a super Christian you just have to be humble and say God I need you and what you did for me on the cross I accept. And it takes humility to accept the gift that God has given in the life of His Son. And when we, when we take communion, it not only heals us of things that are physical, it heals our minds, trauma that we've gone through, it heals emotions, things that we've experienced, it heals relationships, the bitterness, that sometimes, the resentment that sometimes can build. Over time in relationships, there's a healing power in receiving the, the, the bread. So this morning, um, we're going to take the bread. You can just peel the top part off of your communion cups. And just join me in prayer as we thank God for what he provided on the cross for us. Dear Jesus, we come before you this morning humble that you would love us. That even in our sin, that you would chase after us. says that you commendeth your love for us that in while we were sinners that you died for us thank you for your body that was broken for us that through your broken body that we can find healing healing in our minds our will and our emotions God we pray for our friends and families some in hospitals some some breathing their last breath God we pray for your hand to be upon them Lord that your Your healing virtue, your healing power would be on them this morning. We thank you for these things. In Jesus' name, you can take the bread this morning. And these cups, you got to kind of push down on the little tab. And when you push down on the tab, it breaks, and then you can peel it back. In the scriptures, Jesus said, This is my, as you take this cup, this is my blood that was shed for you for the remission of sins. Take this in remembrance of me. So, Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for your love that this cup represents, that it represents your blood that was shed for our forgiveness, that through it, we don't just find forgiveness of our sin, but that you cleanse us from our sin. That when your father sees our lives, he doesn't see our shortcomings, our mistakes, our failures, the things that we should feel guilty about, but he sees the blood of your son that forgives us and cleanses us of all our sin. So God, we thank you, Lord, for your blood that was shed for us. We receive your forgiveness this morning. In Jesus' name, you can go ahead and you can take the cup this morning. God, and in the same way that we have received of your body and your, your shed blood for the forgiveness of our sin, you've told us in scripture that as we freely receive, to freely give. And so God, we pray that you would use us to be your hands and feet and to forgive those around us and to be ambassadors of your kingdom. I want to do one more thing with your eyes closed this morning and your, your heads bowed. This so is just between you and God. You might not have a relationship with the Lord this morning. You might have heard these stories that I've talked about and, and not able to relate, but the scripture, the Bible that was given to my father who grew up in a Buddhist home and learned about God is available to every single one of us. And in the quietness of your own heart, this is the most important decision that you could ever make is a decision to accept Christ into your heart At the count of three, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand to receive Christ into your life and to begin a walk with God where you say, God, I don't have it all together. I don't understand all this stuff, but I want to start a relationship with you. At the count of three, I just want you to raise your hand and I will pray for you this morning and welcome you into the family of God. One, it's the most important decision you can ever make. All the decisions that we make are temporary and involve just this life. But when you make a decision to surrender to God, it's an eternal decision. Two. Three. Go ahead and raise your hand if that's you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Any others? You want to make a decision to receive the Lord this morning? See your hand. Thank you. Can we all just say this prayer after me? Say, dear Jesus, I thank you that you love me and that you died on the cross for my sin. Come into my heart. Reveal yourself to me. I believe you created me for a purpose. You created me for a destiny. Lead me into that. I declare that I believe that you are the Son of God who died for the sins of the world and who died for me. Come into my heart and lead me in your ways. In Jesus' name, amen. If you said that prayer for the first time, that was the most important decision that you could ever make. And you'll feel a difference. You'll feel the peace of God that passes your understanding. Can we give a hand to all those who received the Lord this morning? I'm going to call Andrea up. If you said that prayer for the first time, we do have some gifts for you. Uh, some, some cups and coffee cups and T-shirts and whatever. It's back there. Uh, just go to the, the table and there's a bag for you to pick up. Uh,